You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. A reading from the prophet Joel. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. I'm glad to be here today to kick off this year's um, series of Lenten sermons and lunches, 111 years times 40 is, you can do the math, that's a whole lot of addresses during Lent to downtown Birmingham a lot of really, really intelligent and articulate people have stood in this spot. I'm grateful to you for coming. I'm grateful to the cathedral for this wonderful witness to our Lord. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Surely every time I stand in this spot on Ash Wednesday, I confess to you all that I don't like Lent. I'm not any good at it. I don't enjoy it. I had a service this morning at Episcopal Place, and as we were coming in and and trying to get everything all set up, this sweet, dear lady said to me, Bishop, I won't be able to be here today. I said, oh, I'm sorry. She said, I've got to go to the dentist Well, I said, well, I hope that goes well. She said, oh, it won't. And then she told me all about her problems in her mouth. It occurred to me that Lent must surely be like going to the dentist. It's not something you enjoy, but something that you need to do. I don't know anybody that enjoys going to the dentist. I imagine there's a, a dentist out there somewhere, someone whose child is a dentist or married to a dentist. We need those folks. We need Lent. But it's hard to enjoy either a dentist or a Lent. I'm suspicious of people that enjoy Lent. I think they're not doing it right. Because during Lent, we face the darkness. The darkness that we cause. During Lent, we face the separation that we have put between ourselves and our Lord. And if we face it long enough and honestly enough, we come to the recognition that we need to do something about it. Just as we cannot really understand sweet without sour, I don't think we can understand light without darkness. It can't be Easter all the time. Sometimes it has to be Lent. 
And it can't be Lent all the time either, praise God. Sometimes it has to be Easter. When I was a senior in college at Mississippi State University, one of my friends organized a canoe trip. He and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's sister and her husband and another girl they were trying to fix me up with went on a canoe trip in Missouri on the Current River. I grew up in Mississippi. We have mud in Mississippi. There's, there's no rocks. There's no mountains. Most of Mississippi doesn't even have hills. And all the rivers are flat and slow. On the Current River, the aptly named Current River, it was fast. And sometimes you'd come around a corner and it would, the whole river would go downhill. It really freaked me out. Somewhere along the line, we picked up a stray dog. It seemed appropriate for the trip. And so the six of us made our way to Missouri, arranged where we would be picked up and all that stuff, and set out on the river. Uh, at first, we were concerned that we weren't going to get to the pickup point on time, and then we realized we, had, we were way ahead of schedule, so we needed to slow down and kind of enjoy the moment. Toward the end of the trip, my friend Miles, who had organized the, the whole thing, said, hey, look, over there. It was a hole in the rock. It was a cave. Well, six Mississippi kids loose in Missouri, and we'd never even seen a cave and didn't know what you should have to go in a cave. We had one of the guys had a big flashlight, kind of a fluorescent bulb flashlight. Two other people had the kind of cheap um, flashlights you get at Walmart or something that don't ever really work very well. So we had three flashlights and a dog, and we thought we were prepared to go into a cave. We went in there, and it was fascinating. There was water dripping, and there was water coming down the walls. There were pools of water we had to wade through. It's late spring, early summer, so it was okay. After a while, we meandered around and went way back up in there, none of us ever thinking, how will we ever come back out? The girl they were trying to set me up with um, was a summer camp friend of my friend's girlfriend. I don't remember her real name. Everybody called her Sunshine. That's what they called her at Girl Scout camp. She was not interested in me, and I was not interested in her, but we shared the same canoe with the dog. She dropped her flashlight into the water, so that was one flashlight down. And then another one of those cheap flashlights just stopped working. I guess the battery went out. And that should have been an indication, see, it's time to turn around. But we were 19 and 20 and 21 years old and we were invincible and nothing bad could happen to us. And look at that formation over there and what's beyond that turn. And we kept on going until it got kind of cold in there. And somebody said, I hope it was somebody else that said, I wonder how dark it would be if you turned the flashlight off. <clears throat> so Hank, who was holding the flashlight, turned it off. And the answer to the question is real dark. There's no light at all. You couldn't see your hand right there. So we all marveled at the darkness, and then for a little while we were quiet and we marveled at the silence. <clears throat> And then somebody said, well, I guess we better be getting back. Hank, turn on the flashlight. 
and it didn't come back on. It, if I'd had more sense, I would have been more scared. As it was, I was petrified that we were way back up in there. None of the flashlights worked. The dog was no help at all. Somebody had three matches and managed to get one of them lit for long enough for us to take the back off of Hank's flashlight and kind of rotate the batteries and put the back back on. And happily, it turned back on. And we all recognized that that was sort of the end of the adventure if we could ever get out of the middle of this mountain. It was so dark. And we were so lost. And the darkness was paralyzing. And the recognition that we were lost was paralyzing. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness there is spread upon the mountain. Skip a few verses. Yet even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I watch the news every night. And there are people out there lying and cheating and killing and being killed. Some of that happens somewhere else far away and is disturbing enough. Some of it happens really pretty close to home. And the politicians screech at each other. And I am worried about my country and my state and my neighborhood. I am suspicious of the technology that young people use. And I feel like the world is passing me by. And I am aware that I have not been who I have wanted to be. And I have not loved God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. And I have not loved my neighbor as myself. And the darkness gathers and it is oppressive and I am afraid. Yet even now, says the Lord, yet even now, in the middle of all that other stuff, in all of that darkness that I have created to hide in, in all of that distance that I have put between myself and my Lord Jesus, yet even now, return. 
and offer yourself into the grace and love and mercy of the Lord God through Jesus Christ our Lord. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Maybe the point of Lent is for us to sit in the darkness for a little bit. Not so that we get comfortable with it. In fact, so that we are uncomfortable with it. So that we can muster up the courage and strength and hope that it takes to return and offer ourselves to be cleansed, to be made whole, to be made more like our Lord created us to be. so that on Easter Day we can accept again what our Lord Jesus did for all of us and recognize ourselves as children of God, beloved, redeemed, sinful, forgiven. The invitation to a Holy Lent, which is a big part of the service of imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday, is an invitation into darkness so that we yearn for the light, so that we welcome the light when it comes, and so that we make ourselves ready to be vessels and reflectors of the light of Jesus Christ. You watch the news too. And the concerns I have are the concerns that we share. And it's way too easy for me to think that I'm just a spectator and all these terrible things are going on and shouldn't somebody do something about it? Well, I should do something about it. You should do something about it. And the very best thing we can do is stand up and shine the light of Christ into the darkness and proclaim hope to the hopeless and forgiveness to people in despair. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble Yet, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Thanks be to God. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.